we have a question from a physical retreatant, Cheryl from Malaysia. Dear Arjan, when we make merits, can we also make merits for all beings who are not able to be present to do the meritorious deeds? There's also another question. What does the threefold bliss refer to? So this doing of merit, this is bringing up happiness in the heart. So through our acts of giving, of generosity, of sila, so of virtue and of listening to the Dhamma. And we can also anamodana in the goodness that other people have done as well. And this um, anamodana, giving our rejoicing, is also merit too. So there are ten types of merit-making. And uh, what I said before is just an uh, abbreviation of those. So for beings that aren't able to create merit, um, we're not able to do merit for them, to create that for them. It's something that we need to do ourselves. But we can dedicate that merit. So we can make the dedication that through this merit that we have made, may others rejoice in that and may uh, that reach them. But we're not able to do that merit instead of them. But we can spread the kind of metta, kind of energy of that merit uh, to the beings who are able, in a state where they're able to receive that. And um, so devas, they're able to know about the merits that we do and they can rejoice in that. But if it's uh, friends, family, for example, who are still alive, then we need to tell them of the meritorious things that we have done so they can rejoice in the merit that we have created. And so the second question that was asked, um, the three kinds of happiness. So this is uh, happiness in the realm of sensuality. And then there's the happiness in the form and formless realms. And the third is the happiness of letting go, which is the happiness of Nibbana. So this first kind of happiness is that which comes from forms, sounds, odors, tastes, tactile sensations. These sensory experiences that we enjoy, that we like. But we shouldn't forget that if we attach to them, then they become the cause for suffering to arise. And so if that kind of happiness grows, then it's on the level of a deva, but it's still within this first kind of happiness. So the second kind of happiness is when we're able to reach samadhi, this uh, collectedness and firmness of mind. So there's joy which arises and inner contentment, and we're able to enter into the jhanas and um, go through them 
in stages, so from the first jhana to the highest jhana. But with this kind of happiness, when it fades, when those jhanas go, then what we're left with is just this happiness of the sensual realm. So in the realm of the devas, the celestial beings, or the humans. But the highest kind of happiness is that of nibbana. And with us practicing like we are, that's for the sake of getting this highest kind of happiness. So we go from the realm of the humans and the devas and then developing up to the Brahma realms and then to the noble levels, which is understanding the Four Noble Truths. And as we carry on practicing, then we'll taste the flavor of the Dhamma, which is Nibbana. So we have a question from an online retreatant who wishes to be anonymous. So during meditation, we are not supposed to be thinking, but are supposed to be contemplating. May I know the difference between thinking and contemplating? When practicing samatha, when is the right time to start contemplating? Is it only when the mind is still or in jhana? Am I supposed to contemplate when I have not reached samadhi? If I try to contemplate at that stage, would I not be thinking instead? Thank you, Arjan. So when we're training in samadhi, so this samadhi, it's the mind which is well-established and firm. We can do that by being mindful and knowing the breath or using a different kamatana. Maybe we bring up a mantra, a meditation word, so we can recite buddho, so this is Buddha Anusati, it's the recollection of the Buddha. We can recite something to recollect the Dhamma or the Sangha. And the great masters, um, some of them have meditated using uh, the phrase Buddhang uh, Saranangachami. So I go to homage, uh, refuge to the Buddha. So this is Buddhanusati, Dhammanusati, Sanghanusati. And we can bring the mind to the breath as well, bringing the mind to stillness, and then not allowing it or trying not to let it uh, think or proliferate, just trying to bring it to the state of samadhi until these thoughts slowly fade away and they're replaced with rapture and happiness in the heart. And the mind enters into peace and into this one-pointedness of samadhi. And when the mind has entered into this one-pointedness uh, already, then eventually it will start to proliferate, start to create things again um, from exiting from that state of peace. But as it's proliferating, there's still peace and stillness in the mind. And so we are aware of what's going on with that. 
And we have mindfulness, knowing and looking at that, the mind creating in this proliferation. And seeing that it's not me, it's not mine, that these thoughts are not me, that all of them are just suppositions. And in seeing this, then we can see the Dhamma, we can see it with great clarity. Or when we are contemplating, then we can, say, contemplate the people that we see. So we see someone, someone old, uh, someone get sick, or someone die. And then we can contemplate how this life is not sure. How everyone who is born, they need to experience this old age, don't they? They need to get, receive pain like this, don't they? They need to die in this way. So we contemplate like this. And then as we're contemplating, then the mind gains this stillness and peace of samadhi. So you see that in creating samadhi, there are two methods to do that. So the one is using the breath or reciting meditation words, phrases, until the mind comes to stillness and to peace. And the second is to contemplate. So contemplate the body being composed of natural elements, these four elements which break apart. And they have this state to be this way. And as we carry on contemplating, then the mind grows in stillness and eventually comes to peace. But then it starts proliferating again. It starts to create uh, these thoughts, ideas of beings, of individuals, of me and you, that these arise. But we are aware of, immediately aware of what is happening and aware that there isn't actually a person there. There's no individual, no human. And so the minds can be very bright and see the Dharma here. And so there are these two methods. One is contemplating to bring the mind into peace, or contemplating with a state of peace. So it's not just proliferating. Because this proliferation, this is a restlessness of mind. It's the mind being in an agitated state. So therefore, we are cultivating peace through our contemplation. And so it's different from being restless and from proliferating. So we have a question from a physical retreatant, KJ from Singapore. Dear Arjan, how do I practice when I'm not feeling well, sick, tired, etc.? Thank you, Arjan. So you should be mindful. And the more tired you're feeling, the more mindful you should be. So if illness arises, you contemplate that this is normal. If there's pain, contemplate this is something normal and accept the truth. 
But you need to practice here as well. It's not that we only practice when we're feeling well and at ease. But when there are these painful feelings, when there's aches, tiredness, we see how before these weren't present, but they've come up just now. So this feeling has just arisen. And this pain, this tiredness, will that leave? Will that disappear? Well, it will go. So we see that it's anicca. It's something that changes. It's not stable. It's not me. So we take this mind to contemplate the body and contemplate the feelings. And if the mind comes into peace, then it's able to separate out from the feelings. And there can be a sense of buoyancy in the body and the heart. But it's something that we need to train in. And if we're feeling tired, this can actually be a good thing because the mind won't be scattered and restless in that state. That if there's painful feelings, then it's easier to establish mindfulness on those. So try it out and train in this way. So the next question is from a physical retreatant who wishes to be anonymous to Long Po. I'm stuck between lay life and monastic life. I planned to ordain two years ago and gave up my job and home. I did not go through with it, but I feel there is no place for me in worldly lay life. Being stuck between the two feels very uncertain and brings me a lot of worry. I would like to ordain, but this also brings me fear and worry. Should I just push myself to ordain despite feeling fearful? Thank you, Ajahn. So there's a wish to ordain, but there's also fear there. And so this could go in two ways. So if there's enough energy then even though fear is there, there will also be wisdom as well. But the thoughts can, you can try and think about everything first, think around the whole world first. And so it's normal that there'll be fear coming up because we have had all kinds of things, so many things, and one day we need to toss all of these aside in order to seek out the Dhamma. And we don't know what we will meet in the future. If we get sick, then who's going to look after us? We have quit our work already, don't have a home, don't have any money, don't have work anymore. So how are we going to live? And the thoughts can uh, kind of go all around like this, contemplating every aspect. And so if sickness arises, then who's going to look after us? And this worry, it comes, or it's connected to our attachment to this body. If there's fear, then there's a sense of self that's there. But we can think, well, if we die, then let it be. Let's just die. And this is the best path already. And the Buddha, he willingly died for many, many lifetimes. So we can think that in this life that we have, 
that we can die for just one life in order to pay homage to the Buddha. And if we can think in this way, then we can make up our minds and ordain. But if there are still doubts there, if there's still uncertainty and, and no peace, then maybe best to wait until the mind feels kind of more spacious and at ease. And then we'll be able to take this path of cultivating the perfection of renunciation. <laughs>